look who's coming up. And look who's coming up. You know, it was a team that you saw them develop more and more as the year went on. You have Igor Shosturkin in net. You can do a lot of stuff. So uh, I think looking at the roster and looking at what happened this offseason, the Islanders really made no moves. Like, there's nothing that you can say the Islanders did that improved that hockey team from where they were last year, and they weren't a playoff team last year. And, you know, they had a lot of injuries, and, you know, maybe you can say getting guys back from injuries is a plus, but, uh, I mean, they really had nothing. I think both those teams were in the Johnny Hockey uh, sweepstakes. I think both of them put a lot into that. And uh, But the Devils came out with Palat, which I thought was a huge pickup for them. Uh, a guy that can play both zones, has Stanley Cup experience, you know, can come into that locker room that has a ton of young players like Jack Hughes, who I think is just ready for stardom. Uh, if they get any type of goaltending, and I think they shirt up some of those issues. You know, they had, I think, I think the Devils had eight different goalies last year. <laughs> uh, so between Blackwood being healthy this year and bringing in uh, Vidic Vanek there in the net, I, I think that was their major issue. And you look at the blue line, I mean, Dougie Hamilton, hopefully for them, isn't injured for most of the year. Obviously, he was a huge signing um, two years ago. I think PK is probably, you know, the one big guy who left. And you can actually say maybe that's mm-hmm. maybe addition by subtraction for some Devils fans. But, uh, you know, Yester Brat is a very good player, really underrated player. Um, I, I like the Devils team overall. I hate to say it. I think they're a good young team. Uh, and when I look at the Islanders, I see guys like Zach Parisi, who they're hoping are, is going to play top six minutes. It doesn't really appeal to me. So I would go Rangers, Devils, Islanders, if you had the power rank to three of them. but I think I hope there's a pretty vast difference between the one and the two and three teams. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's uh, I'm I'm kind of perplexed by by what the Islanders didn't do this year. I mean, obviously, like you mm-hmm. mentioned, they they maybe they thought they were getting Johnny Gaudreau, and then there'd be something after that, but. You know, from even from like the Bodie Wild situation, where the NHL is like, yeah, this guy can come back and lose. Like, no, I don't know. I, so the the Islanders perplex me uh, a lot. Um, it's like they just even the firing of Lou, the yeah. firing of Lou started off. I was like, why are they? Yeah, you know, what are they doing? You know, not firing of Lou, firing of um of Trot. I was like, Trot, Lou firing yeah. of Trot. I was like, what what is going on there? So, and there was never a reason given for that, and they. They keep on harping on, oh, they were injured, like this team is set to go. If you thought it was just injuries and this team is set to go, then why would you fire the head coach? That's my whole thought process behind it. And you bring in a guy who has, you know, basically coached under him for so long. It's the same, you know, same system, same everything. So very weird, very odd. Yeah, I I didn't get it. Um, Watching from afar, I thought certainly that they were going to make a few moves. And when they didn't, I was like, Okay, well, that's that's their prerogative, I guess, but it's it's bizarre. Okay, so let's talk about this Ranger team and and you brought up a guy that I think is is going to get overlooked and for fantasy poolies, Igor Shesterkin, I think is a steal. I I still think people don't realize how good this guy is going to be and I think he's like top 2, top 3 goalies in the league and I don't think he gets enough credit. Yeah, I think when you know, I look at my own fantasy league, like people he's kind of falling to that late second to almost a third-round pick now, which is kind of wow. crazy when you look at his numbers and everything. Uh, obviously, Vasilevsky, you can say, is still a top dog. Um, 
you know, you, you think he's like older when he's not, he's like what, 28, 29. So yeah. it's like, he has been around forever. He's been so good for the last, you know, eight years. Uh, but when you look at Igor, you get a, you know, playing in a division where I think he, he there's not like when you play the Islanders, like not too many goal scorers there. Yeah. I think you know, a lot of those teams, like he's not going to let more than three goals a game. If that, you see the goals allowed was 2.10 last year. Um, you know, his save percentage is ridiculous. He faces a lot of shots. I just think this Rangers defense is very improved from last season. You could say, you know, it's the same guys, but you have Brain Schneider who came in halfway through the year last year, was a rookie, played very well for them down the stretch, played very well in the, in the playoffs. He now has that whole new experience of that year under his belt. The guy on the Rangers who I think is going to make the biggest jump this year is Keandre Miller. Mm. He is going to turn into a superstar. Buy your Keandre Miller stock now because, and I've been harping on it for the Rangers, to re-sign him now because he is going, his cost is going to go up more and more every day. This guy looks phenomenal in the preseason. He was their best defenseman, including Adam Fox, last year in the playoffs at some points. Obviously, they have Adam Fox back, who's just a point machine. Unbelievable. We'll run the power play for them again this year. Brian Bensman, Jacob Truba, other than just making every single fan base hate him with his hits. <laughs> Obviously, turn into turn into the best season as a Ranger was named captain this year. I think that's going to do great for his confidence. But I think Keandre Miller and Brain Schneider make that defense so good. And then Zach Jones should be the guy in the sixth spot. Um, Lieber Hayek is the other guy who's kind of going at it with him. Hayek's been in the organization for a few years now. He was in the Ryan McDonough trade. He's the last piece of the McDonough trade still active hmm. in the Ranger organization. If you could believe that. Ryan McDonough and JT Miller tree, which Ranger fans just shake their head at now. But Hayek's the last guy from that. They're kind of holding on to him for dear life, trying to get his game going. But I think it's going to be Zach Jones. Basically, is Adam Fox light. Five foot ten guy, plays extremely well on the power play. Very good offensive player, had a very good college career at UMass. I just think this, I think that when you look at the Rangers overall, the Antro check up front, I think it's an upgrade over Ryan Strom. You know, they're really missing maybe that first-line guy. And Lafreniere looks like he might be the guy up front, but they might keep the kid lines together of Hedl and Kako and Lafreniere, which kind of was like the big thing during the playoffs where everyone loved that line. They were kind of the energy line for the Rangers. So they're going to be looking at a guy like you have Sammy Blay on your team. He's a guy who's going to get maybe a first, the first look at that first line. Returning from a knee injury last year, had some offensive output with uh, St. Louis, but – a guy who really needs to prove himself. Barkley Goodrow could see some time there. Had a solid first season for the Rangers. And, you know, they're going to kind of rotate those guys and then maybe play some of the kids up top. But mm -hmm. they really want to keep Vitaly Kratsov on that second line with Artemi Panarin and Vincent and uh, Trocek. But Kratsov, again, has not proved himself at the NHL level yet. This is his third stint with the Rangers. Gone back and forth to Russia. So this is it. This is his last chance. This is their last hurrah trying to make that marriage work. And who knows what happens there. So there are some question marks for Rangers up front. And really, after, you know, Zabanja, Kreider, Panarin, and Trocek, those big four, where is the rest of your scoring coming from? And it's got to be those kids. And, you know, between the four of them, I think Lafreniere is the one guy who's going to step up this year, had a great playoff. Heel had a good playoff too, but Lafreniere looks bigger and faster than last season right in the preseason. I can see him scoring 25 to 30 goals this season if he gets Gets some top Kreider. He's saying that, you know, him and Kreider are working after practice. He's working on, you know, more dirty goals up front. 
And I think the thing with Lafreniere is that a lot of people kind of wanted him to be Sidney Crosby immediately when he came to the NHL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, he comes to the same province. He kind of has that, you know, he was the 1-1 pick for years and years. And then he kind of came in during COVID, kind of thrown right into the fire as an 18-year-old, didn't have a great rookie season, and everyone kind of wrote him off. You know, he's 20 years old now. He's put on something like 15 pounds since his rookie season. He's gotten faster. He's gotten stronger. And he kind of played with that kind of snarly edge to him in the playoffs. And I think that really speaks to Gerard Gallant because Gallant kind of preached that a little bit with him. And that's how Gallant played as a player as well. And I kind of, and Gallant kind of said he saw a little bit of himself in Lafreniere, which I think would be huge for the Rangers. If he can kind of get a little bit of a nasty side to him, kind of crash the net a little bit. Um, you know, we play with a guy with Philip Hedo who's more of a skill player. If Lafreniere can go to the corners and get the puck out and get it going for Hedo and Kako, I think that's huge. But uh, I think he's the guy to watch up front to have the breakout. And then Kratzoff's is kind of like the, you know, who, who knows what's gonna, he's going to be. If he, if he can score 15 to 20 goals, uh, you know, that's a huge plus to the Rangers. If not, you got to look at the trade deadline and see what they can bring in. Like last year, Chris Drury hit every single trade right on the nose of who he brought in mm-hmm. to kind of help the team out. A lot of those guys are now – all those guys are gone now. Uh, so we'll see. Obviously, the name Patrick Kane is continue to float around New York. They don't have the cap space for him right now. Come trade deadline time, if he's not dealt to Edmonton or somewhere else before then, uh, the Rangers could be in play there for him if that top line forward is not working out. Uh, but, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. The Rangers have 17 forwards still in camp. You know, I think they're only going to keep 13 of them, so it's going to be a major decision of, uh, you know, who sticks around and who doesn't. Guys like Ryan Reeves could be on the blo- you know could be on the chopping right. block there. Uh, Julian Gauthier, former first-round pick of the Canes, who they acquired a couple years ago, guy who just hasn't really gotten it going yet. He could be a guy who could possibly move out. Uh, you know, Ryan Carpenter was just brought in. He's a guy who's a, a major question mark. If he's going to make this team, first two playoffs, first two preseason games, uh, he's had some big-time turnovers. And then Jimmy Vesey's back from the dead. Uh, you know, former you know, the Jimmy Vesey sweepstakes the Rangers one years ago. He's back after playing for the Devils last year. And he's been probably their one of their best forwards this preseason so far. So uh, he's a guy who's making it very hard on the Rangers to, to make the choice if they're going to keep him or a guy like Dryden Hunt, who had a, an okay year last year in his first year with the Rangers. Uh, so it's very interesting there, and obviously on defense, like I said, it's probably be Zach Jones or Libor Hayek as their sixth and seventh defenseman. And in net, you have Igor, but Yaroslav Halak comes in for Alexander Gorgiev, who got shipped out to Denver because the Rangers couldn't afford him anymore. And uh, you know, I honestly think it might be an upgrade for the Rangers because Gorgiev, as good as he was when he started, wasn't a great backup, wasn't good in spot starts. And uh, Halak got some experience out last year out in, uh, out in Vancouver, backing up uh, Demko, who obviously got super hot at the end of the year. Uh, so Halak looked for uh, another place to go. Ended up with the Rangers, and he's a Rangers killer. I mean, every time they played him with the Islanders, he would beat them. So his record on, like, at MSG is ridiculous. So let's hope he does some good in the blue jersey this time. You know, I, you don't realize when, when you see, when you hear some of the Rangers and, and even last year with like a guy like Ryan Strom, but you don't realize how many young players they still have. Like it's been an impressive retool on the fly with, you know, bringing in Panarin uh, for agency and then bringing these kids along. The thing I look at is, yeah, you mentioned Lafreniere is probably going to get the first look. You got Capco, you got uh, Cheadle, you got uh, Dryden Hunt, as you mentioned. Not all of these guys are going to hit on all the time. So it's going to maybe be a bit of a revolving door. And I wonder 
if some of these guys who maybe haven't taken that step forward get dealt at the trade deadline to bring somebody in, um, whoever maybe hasn't taken that big step but still has some of that potential. I wonder if a guy like Capo Caco is a candidate for that near the trade deadline. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I thought Niels Lundqvist was going to be that guy before mm-hmm. he decided he didn't want to come to training camp and, and wanted to go somewhere else. I thought he was going to be the guy that could possibly move for a top six forward up front. You know, they got a first-round pick out of him and a, a very good draft coming up this next season. Um, as you know, with all your scouting shows and everything else you do yeah. there, it's a very good 2023 draft. Uh, so the Rangers now own two first-round picks. Uh, that You know, that's a huge currency right now for next year. Now, I think the only problem for the Rangers is not the picks or the depth of the team. It's going to be the salary cap. And, and I think a guy like Ryan Reeves, who I think is making 1.75 right now for this season, he could be the odd man out just based off of cap space. And if they get rid of Reeves, if Reeves somehow does not make it, which is, it would be crazy, I think, because of the leadership that he provided last year and how highly the team talks about him and everything else. Um, it would be very tough to see if they do release him or what they, what they end up doing with him. I believe he will be making, he'll make the team. But by, if you do release him, they'll have about $2 million in cap going into the season. By the time you get to the trade deadline, when you cure all that cap space, that you'll be close to around four or five million dollars in cap space, which then can you turn into a Patrick Kane or a big time scorer, whoever, whatever team falls off the map by then. Um, so that could be a guy to play around with if he could possibly be in a deal. And then the other guy to watch, I think, I know he's got a long term deal. With Barkley Goodrow could be a guy even this offseason that the Rangers could look to because they have to resign Keandre Miller and Lafreniere, they're all coming up on their deals coming up. So, you know, a guy like Ryan Lindgren, who I think Ranger fans have fallen in love with, he could be a guy. Barkley Goodrow could be a guy. They're going to have to get rid of at least one of these young, quote-unquote, veterans that they're going to have to make space for someone. So it's going to be interesting to see. As much as the window for the Rangers is wide open right now, it's also very tight based off the salary cap the next two years being stagnant. they got to get to 2025. they got to get to that $5 million increase. And then you can kind of – the Panarin contract is really big, which is, I think, the issue. And then they gave the big deal to Truba, which I think, looking back on it, if they knew what Keontre Miller was going to turn into, maybe they wouldn't have done that deal. But, uh, you know, they're going to have to move one of these veterans out because the cap is slowly, slowly closing in on them. And all these young talent, all these young kids got to get paid eventually. And, uh, and unfortunately, you got to win with these guys on entry-level deals. So yeah. you got to do the next two years. Yeah, entry-level deals are all the rage. Uh, Kyle Hall is joining (laughs) us. He is the host of the Broadway Hat Podcast. I love when I have other uh, podcasters on the show because the sound is so good and your your sound is incredible. Uh, But one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is because you helped out uh, the UFHL quite a lot, uh, especially when I was doing uh, head of baseball. And you chipped in this year with your power rankings. I love seeing power rankings because there are some people that get really wild. Like, I'm looking at where you have us, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's pretty much fine. I'm good with that. <laughs> I, what I want is to under-promise and over-deliver as, as a GM. So I like being 25 because that gives us lots of room to grow. But tell me how you settled on Red Army at number one. I'm not saying I disagree with you with, with your choice, but how would you settle on them as number one and Titans two and, and Gators? Go through the list. You know, it's funny. When I was doing your team last year, I was looking at my rankings from last year, and I was like, I had you last last year. And, yeah, so did I. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, you know, you know, I, we talked before I even did it, so I had some inside information on what you're, you know, what was going on there, and I was like, all right, I think they might be last, and then uh, that came to fruition. But then you kind of, you know, I've watched your team build and build, and I'm like, you know what, they're they're putting together a very good team here, slowly but surely. I think I like your goaltending, I like some of the moves up front, so I you had to get bumped up on the rankings. Uh, but yeah, I love Red Army's team. I I, I talked about Igor Shosturkin. I think. Vasilevsky and him are the one-two punch there in goal. I just I love that team. I think they're loaded on the top nine. I think they have a really good top four. Uh, I'm just I'm a big fan of of that roster. And I was waiting from last year. I, I was just waiting from the breakout last year. That was the one team that I kept on coming back to every week. How they doing? Where they going? Because you got Kaprasov, Hughes, and Kyle Connor up front. I mean. Mm-hmm. They can score forty-five to fifty goals each of those guys. You yeah. know, like, that's and then I, you know, I'm on board with Lafreniere having a big year. Zegers, you know, I know he got a little banged up in the preseason. I'm sure he'll be fine. Yeah, you know, scary. I think he's a kid. Yeah, he's a kid who's going to break out. Of, you know, obviously the NHL is trying to make him the face of the league right now. Like they are trying their hardest to do that, which is great, especially because he's a West Coast. You know, on the West Coast, grow the game, blah blah. That's great. Lucas Raymond, I like him a lot too. All those guys can be 30 goal scorers. And that's that's your second line. So, and then you got Nyquist and then Matty Buneers, who I think is going to play a ton out in Seattle. Ori looks good in the preseason. Um, and Lincoln is another. I, I just love their top nine. And Max Domi, mm-hmm. I think, for a team in Chicago, which could fall apart very quickly, he could see some big time minutes this year um, or build up some stock and get traded to a contender at the end. Um, so I just like Domi there in the fourth line and yeah, Quinn Hughes, I, I think he's in, you know, obviously the second half of the Quinn Hughes brothers there. Um, I think he's such a good player. You know, Bynum's a good player. Drysdale's good. Cam Fowler has been solid for years and just Sturkin and net. I mean, it's a very well-built team. Uh, the Titans, I, I like their top 12. I like, you know, I like their whole forward unit. Um, you know, they traded Vasilevsky, and you're like, when I, I saw the trade come out, I was like, what are they doing? And you look, and they got Ottinger there. So I'm like, oh, crap, I forgot they had Ottinger. So, and I think he's going to be, po- I mean, he's a guy who I watched, I covered the World Juniors, uh, not World, the um, IH at the World Championships two years ago, and he was uh, the Team USA goaltender. And it was the first time I really watched him, because he was more in a backup role in Dallas. He was actually playing the uh, American Hockey League most of the year, and I was watching him, and I was like, this guy is going to be phenomenal. And it led Team USA. They almost, almost got to the gold medal game. They lost in the semis. They won the bronze. And I was watching, and I was like, this guy is going to be re-. And I talked to a couple guys that played with him, and they're like, he is, he's the next level. So I was like, he's a guy who I, you know, I wish you could buy stock in players, like, because he's a guy who I, like, knew about early. And I was like, just watch it. I would tell everyone, just watch this guy. He's going to be so good. He's going to be so good. And sure enough, he proved me right in the playoffs last year, being just an unbelievable playoff. So I like the Titans. Gators, I think I've been on high on them forever. I, I, I like their team. Like, uh, I don't know. Anytime you got McKinnon, uh, you have a chance to win. So, um, you know, McKinnon, JT, Miller, and, and Claude Drew. And I think Drew's going to have a really good season back in Ottawa. Um, you know, I like their decor. And Markstrom had a phenomenal year last year. When we were doing the UFHL Now show every week, I yeah. felt like we were making him, you know, the goaltender of the week. You know, I think he wanted the most of any other goalie. So, uh, as good as Vasilevsky and Igor were last year, obviously Igor had one of the best goaltending seasons ever, you know, when you look at the stats. But Markstrom, he would put these weeks together where it was like 
you know, three games, two shutouts, and a six, seven, you know, goals allowed. And it's like, okay, he might have a four goal game. You know, he played Edmonton, he'll have seven. But like, you know, the rest of the games, he was phenomenal. So I think, you know, they're really good. And then, you know, Dynasty, I think they're a very well put together team. Another team who I think was a little bit of a disappointment last year. I'm looking for them to bounce back this year. And the Royals, you know, they've they've been really good. Um, you know, they have a great team. And I kind of wanted to uh, make sure they're in my top five because uh, of the success they've had. And, uh, you know, they have, a, again, a really good top six that can score at will. And then look at the rest of my top. The one team that's tough to keep up with is Bentley Jackson. They make a trade yeah, every other day. I know. So, I mean, that was, you know, again, putting the show together, it was like, who had trades this week? I was on the Bentley Jacks roster and seeing who's changed. So, uh, you know, Bentley Jacks, I, I think they, they'll continue to move and shake during the season. So who knows what they'll turn into. But I like the Grizzlies. I like Can West. I like the guys who own Can West. So I like to put them in the top 10. Uh, Ice Vikings, very good team. Came on late last year. I thought they were could have won the playoffs. I was, I thought they were my one team to watch there. One team I have to say I misranked and I got to apologize is outlaws. They're oh. a team who I had, I had at 18 originally and I somehow I, they got moved down my final ranking, but I like the outlaws team and I have to shout them out. I like them. I underranked you. I was looking at it again this morning and I was like, crap, I had them up in 18 and they somehow moved down. I don't know how I did it. But there's a lot of there's a lot of you know a lot of moving parts to this thing when you start building it out. But I have to say the Outlaws, I do like their roster. I think they have um, you know, obviously they were going back and you know, back and forth with Bentley Jacks and one last year to get into the playoffs. I like their team. They got Panarin, obviously. I think he's got a better year this year than last year when you think about it, how crazy, you know, people say he had Panarin had a down year last year. Guy still had ninety <laughs> points. He yeah, wasn't scoring goals. You know, so he wasn't scoring goals, but he was getting assists. On he was getting three or four assists a game sometimes for a week. So I think he's going to have a better scoring year this year, Panarin. He's already said he's going to shoot more this year. He said he's going to, quote-unquote, do more dumb stuff on the blue line. He's not – so, you know, I think he, he kind of played a little bit reserved towards the end of the season. So when he gets back into doing his crazy stuff, that's when he's at his best. But I like Outlaws. Um, yeah, there's some teams that – not going to call them out, but – you look at the moves they made this offseason, you're like, well, I don't know if I would have done that move. But, uh, you know, there's some teams there. You can probably tell from some of the rankings there on the bottom of teams I wasn't a big fan of. But, uh, yeah, I think a team like the Brutes, I think the Brutes had uh, a, a good close to the season last year. I think they're going to be a solid team. Yeti, same thing. I like the Godfathers, like some of the moves they made, mm-hmm. uh, not only in season last year, but some of the, you know, the roster in general. Uh, West Coast Express. You know, I think they're a team that can probably move up a little more, too. I think when I was looking at the rankings, I thought they were going to be kind of like in that, you know, 12 to 16, 17 range. So I think they're a team that can move up a little bit. Uh, Rock Republic, another team who, you know, I for some reason, I don't really love their roster, but they they deliver. So, you know, that's a team who I'm sure will outperform where I rank them. Um, but, yeah, I mean – I like my top 10. To be honest with you, I like the top three. I really like those teams. The Royals, I think, again, could be right there again. But I love Red Army. I think Titans are really solid. Gators are solid. Um, but, yeah, when you look at the, the whole league in general, I honestly – I think there's 20 teams that you can see right now. Like, if, I, if they show me that roster, like, yeah, that's a team that can make a playoff run. like that, mm-hmm. Which is great. I think that's great. So – 
you know, there's some teams that I, I fall in love with and there's some teams that I kind of like, ugh, you know, I, I just don't like this guy in general. And that's like a top line player and I just move on from them. So, that's right. <laughs> you know, so it, it's funny, it, it, but it's tough critiquing because, you know, there's so much time and effort. And that's something I really learned with this league is there's so much time and effort put in by all these managers and all these GMs and owners. And it's crazy. And I, that's what I really enjoyed when I was doing the show, talking to people and having them on the show. It, you know, the, the, this is your baby. Like, you know, and that, that, like to rank someone's kid, I guess, tough. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's tough. And then, like, like you said, like someone like will read this and I like, I like a lot of these owners. Like I become friendly with a lot of these owners. So it's very tough. Like I love the North Star guys. Like for me to rank them 27, it hurt. Yeah, they I really were busy. Like, like they made trades every day. Where they took over from the Bentley Jacks with the amount of trades they made. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and I really like those guys. So like, you know, I had them closer to the bottom last year. So I'm like, I'm putting them up. You know, like kind of like you know, like, I'm like, I'm putting them up a little higher. Uh, so I like those guys. They're very nice there. So they've always been good to me. So I, I was like, ah, I kind of try to put them up, but I don't know when to put them too high. So it, it's tough, but. Uh, yeah, it's uh, the league. I think there's a lot of parity. There are some very good teams up top, but I think making uh, last year was a great battle for the playoffs. Every week mm-hmm. we we're changing up the standings and everything else. So I think it's going to come down to that again this year. And then playoffs were great too. Some surprise teams in there making runs. So that's what it's all about. It's great. It is. Yeah, it's. It's definitely a challenge, uh, like you said, to try and get your head around all 32 teams and rank them. But, hey, that's the beautiful thing about rankings is somebody's going to be happy and somebody's uh, going to be upset. So it's, it's the way it is, and it's the life of a ranker, right? Yeah. Yeah, I know. And it's like when you look at this stuff, it's like the, the one thing I learned last year, it's about man minutes, right? Like if you, right. if you stay healthy and you got guys going, you look at the rankings of where teams finished – and total, you know, total time, games played and everything. If you were in the top five, you made the play. You know, top ten all made the playoffs. Yep. So if your team could stay healthy, that's what it's all about. And uh, you know, it's about the management and, and um, you know, roster management is so important and getting those guys in the ice. So that's what's tough because, like, you know, it, you know, Duckman's team stays healthy the whole year and they have man minutes out there. They're a playoff team, you know, and and I have you at twenty fifth, which is tough. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I think we're going to be knocking on the door. I don't know if this will be our year, but we're going to try to contend and then certainly in the, in the next couple of years. But it'll be fun to uh, follow it. It'll be fun to follow the Rangers in that New York area, and we'll definitely reach out again and get you back on the show. Thanks so much. Tell people where uh, they can find uh, all, of, uh, all of your work and, and all of your projects. Yeah, so you can find my personal account at KHallNY on Twitter. Um, you know, for all New York Ranger updates, you know, I'll throw shots in there. It's in the UFH, UFHL guys here and there as well. So keep up with that. You can find me at Belly Up Sports, bellyupsports.com. And then my podcast, the Broadway Hat Podcast, you can find that on Twitter at Broadway Hat Pod. And uh, we have episode number 100 coming out actually wow. tomorrow, Dean. Congrats. Yeah, big doing. So episode 100, we have should be Hall of Famer Steve Larmer ah, on the show tomorrow. There so, you go. Uh, Gramps is on the show. Great stories from him. A uh, Blackhawks legend, 1994 Stanley Cup champion of the New York Rangers. So, uh, very good show. We had Matthew Barnaby on last week, who is just a ball of energy and electric. So, uh, last two good episodes there. But, yeah, episode 100, check us out there. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, But, Dean, it was was great coming on. And uh, I've been following along the new show here. It's great. And I know you have Jamie coming on later on. Jamie's been a guest on the podcast, actually. Ah, right on. Uh, so, yeah. So he uh, he came on last year after the Andrew Cop Rangers trade with Winnipeg. So right. uh, there's, there's a good connection there. 
Beautiful. Thank you so much, man. Uh, best of luck with it, and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thank you. You bet. There's Kyle Hall from the Broadway Hat Podcast. I love the rankings. Like, rankings are the best because you're going to piss somebody off, and, you know, that's kind of fun sometimes, especially when you're a talk show host.